We Speak English Good has expanded to WSEG TV only on Twitch. Every Monday at 1 p.m. and Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I will be going live and direct with guests. I have live looping, improvised music stuff and games prizes and more go to twitch.tv slash we speak english good and tune in also go to modedstudios.com m-o-d-e-d-s-t-u-d-i-o-s.com check out the latest and greatest from this fully embroidered patches and apparel online store actually the latest one is my favorite which is a maga hat with blm spray painted graffitied over it you gotta go check it out it's amazing i put it up on my facebook these hats are selling like hot cakes go check it out for yourself modedstudios.com now on with the show Fresh. Fresh. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the We Speak English Good podcast. Today's guest is Just Joe Syracuse. Just Joe is a singer, songwriter, and music streamer. This guy has had so many different careers in music, and, and Twitch is just his latest incarnation. I mean, he's fronted bands such as uh, Brand New Sin. He's played show like 300 shows a year. I mean, this guy is a beast, and... Uh, it, I gotta say I have a soft spot for Joe because in the early days of the pandemic when no one knew what, what the hell was going on, I mean still we don't know what the hell's going on, but when no one knew what was happening and everyone thought everybody was gonna die and shit, like just Joe was like this this anchor in the mornings for us where we would just hang out and watch Joe and you know like now he's just, I mean he's just, he's killing it, but then he only had like, you know, 30, 40 people in his chat and and, and growing i mean he's just growing and he applied for partnership and so we're all just waiting to see if he uh, gets a partner which he will i mean the dude just kills it so just joe.com go check him out but first go to reinamystique.com r-e-i-n-a-m-y-s-t-i-q-u-e.com and check out her twitch stuff i mean because that's all she cares about at this point is twitch we were supposed to release a single it's done it's ready to go i mean it's been ready for years but so uh <laughs> we just gotta upload it but uh yeah go check out reyna she is twitching uh let's see what she streams tuesday and thursday 8 a.m and sundays at 8 p.m eastern standard time only on twitch.tv slash reyna mystique go check her out go and check us out we speak english good has become or expanded to wseg tv Go check it out. Twitch.tv slash We Speak English Good. It's fucking fantastic. I'm having such a blast. Uh, We just hang out. We talk. We do the interviews. I'm doing live loops. In fact, that beat that's underneath me talking right now, that's from a live loop session. I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to use this content. I'm just going to keep recycling this shit over and over and over again because that's how gangsta I am, son. Anyways... Go check it out. 
WSCG TV airs Mondays at 1 p.m. and Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I do change it sometimes to accommodate guests, so do check in on the schedule on Twitch, on my Twitch page. I usually write it underneath our schedule so you can stay up to date. I am canceling this Friday because I have to go... <laughs> I have to go do something. I can't really talk about it. It's it's kind of a secret, but I want to talk about it. Maybe we'll talk about it afterwards, after, after it's done. But So no stream this Friday. I was thinking about doing something later on today, because this being Wednesday, uh, I was thinking about doing something a little bit later today. I don't know. I will send something out to Discord and Instagram. So go follow me. Go, go, go like, subscribe, review. Like us on Instagram, Facebook, Discord, Twitter, fucking Snapchat, the whole goddamn thing. Uh, go uh, uh, subscribe on Apple iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast. You can you can subscribe on YouTube that has the video versions of these interviews. Now, all these interviews are from WSEG TV. So if you're not watching them live or the VODs, you're missing out, man. You're missing out. So all the videos uh, from the interviews are going to be are up there on YouTube. I have notable guests. I have music tutorials. It's fun. Go subscribe on YouTube. It's a good time. Uh, and you can subscribe on Twitch, obviously. Uh, well, obviously, I don't know. See, not everybody knows what Twitch is. So that's it's not so obvious what people know and don't know. But if you do subscribe to me on uh, Twitch, just know that it's $4.99, but it's well worth it because you get so much more content. So if you like We Speak English Good, you're going to love WSEG TV. And, and plus, we just get to hang out. If you don't know what Chad is, you should go find out. And plus, if you've been listening to the show, I mean, it seems like people are listening to the show. We've had an influx, quite an influx in numbers. So, um, <laughs> hi, new people. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. It's, uh, it's, it's fun to see you guys back. The pandemic was weird, right? For a little bit. It was weird. Um, you didn't want to listen. That's fine. <laughs> I just have so much saliva in my mouth. <laughs> Look, this is not a ASMR thing, or I'm not trying to gross you out. We're just trying to get through this intro, which is supposed to be quick, and it's devolved into not being quick. Leave us a review. So like, subscribe, review. Review us on Apple iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast, wherever you can leave a review, leave a review. Give us a five-star rating if we deserve it of course uh and and of course the golden rule of written review is always best i'll read it on the show you can also write the show at we speak english good at gmail.com i'll read it on the show and we'll have fun we'll talk about it shit i'll invite you on my stream if you want <laughs> i'm just kidding you can't come on my stream unless you're cool and in that case you can i had someone reach out from florida who uh his name is Lance O. He's a um, he's gonna be on the live stream. That's my next scheduled guest, actually. Which I don't even know what that. Is. So it's not this Friday, but it's the following Friday. Um, yeah, he's a, a DJ. He is a uh, like a radio DJ. He's he spins records. He also does uh, he does introductions or what do they call that? Like uh, Michael Buffer was it? Let's get ready to rumble, announcer, but not announcer. He, um, but he introduces people before they come on stage. An MC, he he does MC. So that's going to be August seventh, Friday, August seventh, and then after that, I'm having 
I'm having a friend who is from Singapore that I met through Twitch. His Facebook, or not Facebook, his Twitch name is Snooze Mew. Um, his dude, I've just been, we just been going deep with this Twitch stuff. If you guys aren't on board yet, you need to get on board with this shit. So, anyways, that's August 10th. That's Monday, and we'll be streaming at 12 p.m. on that day, uh, Monday, August 10th with uh singapore actor and musician um yeah i i I don't even really know his real name so i i I guess i gotta get his real name (laughs) anyways that's enough out of me let's get over to just joe syracuse everybody put your hands together for the man of the hour with all the power that's right just joe syracuse Oh, there we go. It was my fault. It's always, it's always my fault. <laughs> but we, we had a major... User error. I'm sorry? User error. Oh, yeah, totally. It's always that for me. It's just I, it's like my brain moves so fast that when I when I try to apply like actual movement, it just, it just doesn't work. Like my mouth shuts down, my hands yeah. shut down. I, I mean, it, it, it just goes. I feel you. Dude, it, it's crazy <laughs> how much your brain um, just runs in the background and, and just, it just, just controls everything you do. It just, right. just um, you know, like, uh, I guess we'll just jump right into it, but you, you're pretty open about your social anxiety and your depression oh, and yeah. stuff. Like, um, and like as soon as I started listening and, and digging into you and, and uh, really getting to know you on your stream and uh, and getting ready for this, I was like, wow, me and Joe have a lot in common because uh, social anxiety, depression, and uh, yeah. all these things that sort of run around in your brain that sort of kind of control your everyday movements and you don't even realize it's happening until you're sort of in this um well until you're in like a panic or you're, you're right, yelling right. at it's the grocer or you know whatever yeah, by it the, is by, by, the, by the time it settles in you're like oh shit and it's like it's you're already going over the waterfall it's like you can't stop once yes. you go over the waterfall yes you're there so it's like all right i'll just i'm just gonna ride it out i'm committed at the bottom <laughs> I'm committed now, so I've created this, so might as well just you know roll we're, with it. We're gonna live in this moment until it's over, right. and uh, right. and whoever's around us has to suffer that as well. Yep, not welcome. Uh, and I, I come with a disclaimer. Most people that come into my life, whether it's a girlfriend that I date or anybody that comes in my life, I have to really like at some point. I'm like, all right, you're gonna be in my life a little bit. I have a disclaimer, <laughs> and I kind of explain that. I'm like, okay, cool. Now that we know that, I'm like, so if you see me acting weird, just let it go and if you feel the need to ask me something ask me something but if not i'll let you know if i need anything so yeah yeah i mean it uh, it, it does become such a problem in relationships i mean not just like uh, um you know being like uh, emotional relationships like like a, a marriage or something but in the relationships yeah. of your everyday life and it just it, it's crazy you were saying how like you're going over the waterfall and you have and and you like you're just like, I'm just going to commit. Like you see it happening. You see like yeah. your day spinning out or whatever that moment spinning out and, and, and you just keep going. And it's just like, you just give in and you watch it happen and you're not really, 
and you're not really even trying at sometimes to not to stop it you know like sometimes right. you like are like you know what i'm feeding into it and it's feeding something inside of me and right. i'm just going with it as as i've learned over the years like the more you fight it the more it's gonna be worse the more you like you know accept it and let the let it the, to let it just kind of flow through you the quicker it'll get over or the easier it is to deal with you know yeah. so uh you know and it, it, you know being a performer, some people are like, oh my God, how the how the hell do you perform? How do you get up on stage in front of like, you know, you know, thousands of people sometimes and like do what you do? I'm like, I don't know. It's it's that's a different, I don't know. It's like almost a different personality and it, it turns on and that just happens. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. You know, it's just what it is. Yeah, but yeah. I'm not the only one. I mean, no. so many of my peers who and, and some of them being either local musicians or even you know, musicians that are, you know, sold millions of records that I've encountered and talked with. And they're like, yeah, we, we got the, we got the same issue, but they get out there and they, they feed that energy out and that's their way to kind of get it out of them. You know? Yeah. So well, totally, it's, man. it's, it's not, e not easy to explain, I guess. It really isn't. And, and like, I, I started talking about how like you give a disclaimer and, and it affects relationships around you and you sort of, mm -hmm. um, you know, people don't really understand it if they're not going through it. And that, that's the most frustrating thing for people, I think, dealing with somebody who, I mean, because like, I can't imagine what my wife has to go through deal with my shit. Uh, <laughs> well, but you could, you, we could, I could call my two ex-wives. I'm sure they would, they would love that. They would love to chime in on this. Like, oh boy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but how, how have you, I mean, as someone who is, um, you know, who's always been hustling and who's sort of uh, been in the spotlight for so long. How have you found ways of sort of circumventing that? Because even, you know, when I, I look through your old videos and stuff, I mean, you're playing right. for thousands of people sometimes. And, <laughs> you know, like, and, 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 and I know what you're saying. When you get up on stage, you just sort of turn into another person and you sort of yeah. become comfortable with that environment. And yeah. that's your environment that you control. <laughs> and a big part of anxiety is that, that lack of control. And so yeah. um, maybe, maybe well, that's something to... Oh, There's thank you, Nelly, for the sub. Sorry, Joe. You know yeah, how this goes. Nice. <laughs> for, um, I mean, for for a number of years, I dealt with it the wrong way. <laughs> yes. So, you know, being in the business that I am in, it's just easy. Alcohol and drugs are, like, readily available, and it they're, they're such an easy way to self-medicate. So, like, you know, if you're feeling anxious before a show, you know, couple shots of jack daniels and a joint will you know definitely help you know yes, so sir. you know um but those always end up backfiring you know use alcohol or drugs it always ends up backfiring in some way but it wasn't until years later that um that i actually started doing therapy you know and it wasn't until like the past three and a half or four years that i like got serious with therapy uh because when i was first diagnosed with uh panic and anxiety disorder i was 21 Oh, wow. I was a senior in college. So, yeah, I was 21, almost 22. And um, and back then, that was, um, you know, they that was such a mental health was, you know, like, oh, you're crazy. You're going to end up in the loony bin. It wasn't, it was not talked about that much. And my doctor just like, oh, you have depression. You have anxiety. Here's this pill. Yes. And if this pill doesn't work, take this pill. Yep. And that was it. There wasn't discussion like, hey, maybe we should get you to see a psychologist or a therapist because that was like that meant that you were okay. You're fucking crazy, you know, or you're, you're something. So for years, that was just the easy fix. You wouldn't go to your doctor. Your doctors, I'm not going to discredit any doctors, but doctors are more or less about your body. 
you know, mm-hmm. taking care of your body. Um, they're not schooled in how the brain actually works right? and how you speak and everything else. Right. They know how it works. Yeah. It's a different study a, altogether. A, right. So um, it wasn't until years later when I would have moments, I would have periods in my life where it would be dormant and then some change or some things would happen. And then it would like, it would flare up. It would be like, you know, some kind of, you know, some, Oh, well, I'm having a flare up right now of whatever (laughs) rash or whatever that you have or an allergy. And then I would get it under control somehow and it would flare up. And then it was like three and a half years ago that it flared up more. It was probably four years ago at this point. Now I think about it. It's four years. It flared up and it came back with a vengeance. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to try therapy. And it took about two or three therapists and I finally found one and I did hypnotherapy with this person. We did exposure therapy. We did so much stuff and what, you know, not to elongate this whole explanation, but it was like when I learned how to find coping mechanisms, Mm -hmm. proper coping mechanisms and being able to see that waterfall before I go over it. And get the warning signs of like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm getting close to that waterfall. Like being just more self-aware yeah. of certain things. And when I'm starting to either be manic or I'm starting to see myself go that way, uh, how to pull myself out of that a lot quicker. Yeah. You know, so it doesn't mean that I don't go over that waterfall <laughs> once in a while. Yeah. Um, but it it also means that, you know, I've just gotten better being able to, to, to cope with it. And, um, you know, it's going to be a lifelong thing with me. That's it's it's something that's been with me since I was a kid, yeah. and it's still with me at forty six years old, and it'll be with me until the day I die. But uh, it's it's I look at it as I was gifted something. This is my gift, and stop thinking it's a problem and use it to your advantage. Yeah, you know, instead of shining the flashlight into your eyes and blinding yourself, find out how to take that energy that's causing all mm-hmm. that and turn it the other way. Yeah, yeah, man. No, I, I mean, and it's uh, you know, like I um. I'm, I'm, I deal with that stuff, the same thing, and I'm learning how to deal with it healthily. And, and the same thing growing up as a musician, uh, drinking and drugging, and, and, then, yeah. uh, and, then, uh, and then I stopped drinking and drugging, and then all of a sudden, all those things that you're trying to ignore and, and run away <laughs> yeah. from, they all just float to the surface, just right. so, so brilliant. You're brilliantly. like, wow, okay, yeah. this is what all those things, I wasn't just partying, I was like literally <laughs> suppressing shit, you yes. know? And it's, um, and it's a long, deep, uh, it's a long crawl out of there, and I'm just now, you know, like in these last couple of years, I'm just now getting a handle on it, taking, mm-hmm. I'm seeing a therapist. I mean, like I'm doing a whole yeah. thing. It takes a lot of fucking work, man. It, and, it takes a while. And I didn't, I didn't, when I flared back up this last time, I was hesitant to go back on any kind of, uh, um, any kind of drugs. Yeah. I was like, I don't like, I didn't like, you know, the, the way they made me feel and stuff like that. But my therapist finally, after like, a few months, like talked me into it. Cause I had a real bad spot. I was like, I was literally going to gigs, playing three hour gigs and doing it like five, six days a week. And it was in the middle of summer. And I was literally sitting behind my piano for three hours having a panic attack, but yet still trying to perform for a couple hundred people. Yeah, wow. I don't know how the hell I got through that summer, but somehow I did. I was motivated by the fact that I had to make money probably, you know, it's like, yeah. okay, this is my living. I got to find a way to do it. But it was hell. And it finally, he's like, you know what? Why don't you just take something for a little while? And I did. And I took Lexapro for about a, about a year and a half. And he goes, just to s- turn things down a little bit so you can focus on what you need to do. And I think that's what those drugs are really meant for. 
They're really meant for you to kind of turn the volume down just enough so that you can actually do the work on the other eye so that you don't need them. Eventually, you don't need them. And I haven't been on mine in a, in a year. It's been a year and a half since I've been off them. Wow. And, um, um, but I, you know, it, it, I, it, I don't know if people should take them their whole life because you're not fixing it. You're not mm. fixing the actual problem. Right, right. You're fixing some chemical issues in your head, but you're not going to fix anything. It's like getting gastric bypass surgery. Yeah. You're going to lose a bunch of weight, but your stomach didn't cause you to be 500 pounds. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you did. Yeah. Exactly. This caused it, not exactly. your stomach. Right. You know, right. It's, it's, you know, that's another thing that I was like very connecting to you on um, is, is, is weight. And I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to, bad mouth or anything you're you're obviously no, you're, no. you look great and uh thank you um and and you know like i when i was in high school i was about 320 and um i, I, didn't, I didn't really fit into the desk so i had to sort of like slide in like and then my gut would hang over there and be like Bleh. and it's just and i was sweat and it was it was it was seeing see your face now i can't imagine what you must have looked like at 320 you That's know crazy. I, I was still beautiful baby uh but <laughs> uh but it wasn't uh, uh but it wasn't uh you know it, it's a hard thing to cope with and, and that i feel like was uh something that helped in in developing this this anxiety and and developing these, I felt like it was all interconnected. I mean, and I guess what oh, I'm getting is. at and what I'm asking you about is, did you find any kind of solace in, 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 in working out? And, um, yeah. did you find any kind well, of, there was, there was one thing factored that in all those years, like growing up, I was able to calm my anxiety. And it wasn't until the second half of my senior in college when my anxiety started creeping in and, and what, I'm like, what happened? And I had to go back and, and this was years after the fact, like what, what changed? What was, how was I able to control my anxiety younger? Then all of a sudden I couldn't control it. Was it just, I got older. Did I get more responsibilities? There was one factor that was definitely it. I grew up, I was a, I'm not only a musician, but I was a sports addict. I played football. I played, I played baseball. I ran track. I shot the shot put. I was the captain of all those teams. I got a college scholarship to go play football. And it was when football was over with and I stopped working out oh. all the time that the anxiety started creeping in. And that's when I started putting on the weight and all that stuff. I'm, I'm an athlete by heart. So like when I finally got back into being an athlete, um, it, all of a sudden my body remembered like what a release this was. Yeah. And that was a huge part of like, Right at that same time, when I was going to a therapist, I got back into the gym. And then a few months later, I started doing my nutrition and all these, that was, I wasn't just a therapy, it was all this stuff. But when I found my working out, that is like, that is my, my solace. That takes me away from all my work, gives me an hour, hour and a half to just complete, get all the energy out, mm -hmm. make yourself almost want to puke. And then all of a sudden you burned off all that extra energy, yeah. that you, have, you know, so it was huge work. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, me too. Me too. Exercise, regular exercise. I mean, like I can feel like if I go too long without exercise, like I can mm -hmm. feel it. Like my brain doesn't function correctly. Yep. I'm moody. Uh, I'm anxious. Right. Like this morning I woke up and I was just fucking anxious. I'm just sitting there and like, what a waste of energy that is. <laughs> just sit there. Your body's telling you you're in direct danger when there's nothing. I'm sitting nothing quietly wrong. in yeah, my exactly. living room. And, and you're right. 
it's, it's so you know, like I had to jog it out today, so like I wasn't yeah. a mess to talk to you. Right. So. And I and I and I, t- and I tell people they're like some people are like well, um, you know, well you do CrossFit and it's a very extreme form of exercise. I go, it is, and I mean I'm not saying that you have to CrossFit, you just have to exercise. Right. Me, I'm a I was a college athlete. I was a, a New York State. We used to have a thing here in New York State called the Empire State Games, which is our version of the Olympics. I was a competitor in that. I was a competitive body, uh, uh, you know, Olympic, you know, or powerlifter, wow. you know. So in, in order for me to get what I need out of it, I have to have some extremes. That's yeah. the way my life lives. I don't do anything in the middle. If anyone knows me, like I take everything like, oh, that's a bowl of ice cream. Well, I want I want three bowls of ice cream. <laughs> yeah, I want the pie, oh, you're bitch. Gonna have, yeah. you're, you're right. You're going you're gonna to have four beers. Well, I'm going to have 10. Yeah. You know, that's just, the, I, that's how I do it. So right. when it comes to exercise, when I find something that's actually, I, I have, that's how I operate. Some people can just do light yoga and some jogging and stuff like that. That's perfect. Mm. You can still do that. But for me, I need to be pushed to the absolute limits in order to freaking get what I need out of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, it, it, that's great. And, and you know, those, those, that obsessive nature is very, um, it can be very damaging, but it can also be very, uh, it can be a, directed in very positive ways, like right. music. Um, right. And so I'm, I'm curious, uh, how did you start in singing? When did you start? Oh. I mean, do you have this in your family? Is your family like full of musicians? Well, my my, fa- my family, there's no musicians per se, family, not on the level of mine, but there was always a deep love of music. And I can't even remember when I started playing music because I started doing it at such a young age. Yeah. I like literally remember sitting down at the piano at the age of four and literally like learning how to, you know, I would listen to something on the radio and I would find the keys and I would start playing along. Yeah. And my mom knew how to read music, knew how to kind of play piano because she played in her church when she was younger. So she taught me how to read music and do simple chords and simple scales on the piano. And I rolled with it. And both mm. of my brothers were in chorus in high school, so they could sing. Um, but I was the one that kind of got all of that, you know. Gotcha. So from from a very young age, everything was music. And if I wasn't, as soon as I got done with sports after school, I would run home. And the first thing I would do was play, sit down and play piano. So you know, I loved my sports, but as soon as sports was done, I wanted to play my music. So it's, it's been a part of me since I can literally remember. It wasn't like, Oh, well, you know, 13, I started picking up the thing and I discovered this like music has just, it's been there as long as I can remember. Right on. So then, um, because I'm really anxious to get the, well, uh, to brand new sin, because I know that's when things sort of pick up for you in your music career. So what was your music career leading up to brand new sin? (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, I went to college and I was trying to do like the, the, the right thing by going to college and getting a degree. And I got a degree in history and it was supposed to be a, a yeah, exactly. I got it. I got a degree in history, minor in education. Uh, and then I realized I really didn't want to be a teacher. And I'm like, I'm still trying to be a musician, but I, I was only going to shows and I had lots of friends that were in local bands and stuff like that. But I was not like, diving into the music scene like everyone else was because I felt like, well, that was going to be a waste of my time. Yeah. So then I went back to school and I got a degree in audio engineering, oh, sure. uh, you know, for live sound and, and studio work. And this was around the, the this sounds weird, but 
the, at the turn of the century, because it's been 20 years, we can say the turn of the century. At the turn of the century, we, I was back in school. And then while I was in recording school, I realized I'm like, I would be playing or singing around people at recording school, or I was setting up, even in college, I set up my piano and at, at college parties and play at college parties. And I was like, why aren't you like pursuing music mm-hmm. as a career mm-hmm. or or a job, or why aren't you in school for music? Why aren't you in all these things? And I'm like, I don't know. It just not doesn't seem the right thing to do. But then I got done with recording school, and I was moving back. I was I was going to recording school in Baltimore, and my first wife and I were like, all right, well, we're done here. Let's why don't we move home? We missed our family here in Syracuse, so we moved home and bought a house here. And when I was about to move home, one of my best friends called and said, hey the band God Below, which was the precursor to Brand New Sin, mm-hmm. just got rid of their singer. And they're looking to change the sound, change the name of the band. They just need something more in your vein. So they've been trying out people. And he goes, I told them that you're moving home and I got you a tryout. So <laughs> I tried out for the band in September of uh, 2001. And I got the gig. And they already had, you know, I'm making a very long story short, but they already had label interest by a lot of independent labels oh nice uh, for their old bands so the label interest was there so when we had the demos all these labels were like well let's hear the demos and we went in and cut a couple songs and and immediately we had three labels were like we're coming up and we had one label come up from new jersey a small independent label called now or never records and they literally wanted to sign us on the spot and you know we signed a signed a record deal and recorded a record and then six months later run toured motorhead so like I had a very untypical thing. The very first band I joined, I get a record deal. And then six months later, I'm opening for Motorhead. So that, like, that's insane. I can't that's even insane. imagine. Like most what? people are always in bands for 15 yeah. years and, and they did all this stuff. Like, no, I just, right. Like I waited for the, for the right opportunity. I'm like, that's the one. And I just happened to step into it. But I, it was scary because all my guys in my band have been playing in bands for, you know, since they're teenagers. Right. We we're all in our late 20s at that time. I, like, other than being able to sing my ass off, I had, like, that much experience <laughs> in being in a band or being anything. And now I'm being thrust into, you know, into the touring lifestyle and everything. So I had to basically be like, all right, well, I'm, I don't know if I can swim in the deep end, but I'm going to fucking try. Yeah. So I did. And that that day changed. September seventeenth, two thousand one was the day I joined that band. Wow. And um, and life as I know it completely changed. And I wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for that day. It, it, it's so. so interesting that you just were like, you know, I mean, that your music career started with such a big splash. Now, um, <laughs> as as things turn out, um, was that record deal something that you regret, or was that something? I mean, nope. uh, that I mean, did I mean, is this experience something that you that you um, that you really enjoyed, or or was is it something that you could have done without in life? I well, there's two sides. I tell everybody, I go. It was the it was the greatest decision I ever made in my life. But financially, it was the worst decision I ever made in my life. You know, like, yeah, I, there was 10 years from, you know, 2001 until I left the band in 2008. And there was probably a couple of years after that. But it was almost a good eight or nine years of just finance. It was the finance, financial 
pitfall, not a windfall, pitfall yeah. or whatever you want to call it. It was horrible. It was horrible for all of us. And it's really what created the monster of the reason why I left the band and why we were all at odds for so many years, because we just weren't making any money. We would have yeah. to come home. We'd have to hustle. Uh, but you know, I wouldn't trade it for anything. It was, it was those years of struggling that got me to be the success that I am now. Yeah. And if I didn't struggle, then, you know, anybody that has success in music will, will tell you, dude, it was 10 years of, you know, crap mm -hmm. or eight years of crap. There was a ton of crap before they got to a point where they actually made money. Very few people just all of a sudden turn it on and become, you know, super successful. Yeah. I mean, I don't regret it. I mean, financially, sometimes I'm like, I look at some of my friends and, you know, they have a little more financial security than I do because I spent the better part of my twenties and thirties, not making any money when they were putting money away and buying houses and stuff like that. So, yeah. but I'm also the person that they look at and they're like, dude, you followed your dream. You saw it through and now you call your own shots. And they're like, we're miserable at this job that we took when we were 22, but yeah. we put in this time. So like, we're just riding out so we can retire. So, you know, there's good sides and bad sides. I wouldn't trade it for the world. And even though the money wasn't there, the experience that I gained is priceless. And the stories that I gained are fucking priceless. Well, I mean, you know, you know, anybody who hangs out in your stream will know that you got stories for days. And, um, <laughs> days. One that you, uh, one that you put, uh, put up the other day on Facebook that I ended up sharing. And I just, uh, I, I just, uh, by the way, Nelly, Nelly was reminding everybody that uh, Brand New Sin did get have a reunion show in 2018. Yep. Um, yep. We'll, we'll get there. But um, yes. the, oh my God, see, this is what I do. I, I, it's this chat thing. Uh, but no, you put on, the, I get distracted with the chat and then all of a sudden I forget where I'm oh, at. Oh, hey, look, a squirrel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so, it's, I'm still getting used to this. When it's just a podcast, when I'm just talking to somebody, yeah. it's like no problem. But then you throw in this whole other, <laughs> thank you, yeah. Cowtown Steve. I'm glad Steve. I can't see that. <laughs> right? Uh, and Cowtown Steve says you need some pictures for your back wall there. Uh, but oh, I do. Well, I, 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 could always, I could always turn around and. There you go. And then you can see where the magic happens. This is, this is nice. You guys get a good inside glimpse uh, of Joe's uh, uh, setup there, which yeah. is very nice. There you go. Very which is, I'm about to have that whole streaming station completely rebuilt nice so hell yeah that, that's awesome man um but the but the story was on on uh on facebook was a great story and um i don't know if you want to tell it again but it, it's about oh, peter yeah. Steele and uh your experience with peter Steele uh, on tour with typo negative which by the way after because you did this beautiful thing where you told this really awesome story, and then you went in and played Green Man, which is like my favorite typo negative song ever. And like, I was just like, this guy's a fucking genius. And he's just, and he just does it. It's just like, it was genius. Um, it was perfect. And uh, uh, please, if you don't mind, I mean, you don't have to tell that story, but if you have well, another dude, I don't story. Tell it. There's a lot of stories that came from that, but like, my experience. Yeah, please tell me I your became, experience with Typo and Peter Steele because right. he's no longer with us, and I love that. It, band it was and... it was crazy because how I discovered Typo Negative is I went and saw Pantera play oh. in '94, and I saw them here at an, an auditorium in Utica, uh, and I didn't know who Typo Negative was, and Typo was the opening band, and myself and my buddies we all got in there, and Typo came on, and we're like 
who is this? Right. We were blown away by them. And then a couple months later, they played the small club here in Syracuse, our home club here in Syracuse called Lost Horizon. And I just all of a sudden became a giant, giant typo negative fan. So like for years, you know, the jump ahead and I'll jump back. Then all of a sudden to be friends with these guys and then be like, all right, go back and tell 22 year old Joe or 21 year old Joe yeah. that he's going to be friends with these guys that he's like becoming a huge fan of was surreal. So fast forward years later, 2006, early 2006, we're in Brooklyn, New York recording with um our we had a producer named joey z and joey z is the life uh guitar player for life of agony and our manager also managed uh life of agony life of agony is from brooklyn uh right in that whole scene with typo negative biohazard mm. um you know the hardcore scene you know all those bands that came out of that brooklyn scene all know each other so we're in the studio recording one day we're getting we're like probably in pre-production for the record and the phone to the studio rings and Joey's like, well, you answer that for me. And I answer it and I hear the voice on the other end. And I'm like, dude, that's gotta be P. Can't, you can't miss that voice. And, and he said, like, I go, Joey, it's P. And he's like, oh, it's Pete Steele. He goes, you know, tell him, hang on a second. I'm like, all right, Pete, hang on a second. So I put him on hold because Joey was playing in a side project with, with, with Peter called Carnivore. And Carnivore was the band that was the precursor to typo and negative. So Pete was like re uh, and reuniting or reinvigorating whatever the or resurrecting Carnivore. So he was calling to talk about some Carnivore stuff. So he gets on the phone with Joey, and I joked joked to him. I'm like, tell Pete that he needs to come down and sing on our record. So Joey's like, hey man, you, I really want you to check this band out. You should come on, check check them out. They come sing on the record. Pete's like, well, when do you want me to be there? So, you know, they work it out. And like two days later, Pete shows up to the studio with a box, a couple of boxes of, you know, like three bottles of wine <laughs> comes rolling in. He had just been like, no matter how successful Pete got, Pete always loved the work. He loved to like work. Yeah. He was like remodeling bathrooms or something. Like, <laughs> he didn't have to, but he just, he enjoyed it. Yeah. So he comes in, he's like, I got sheetrock all over me and all that stuff. And Pete's. Pete is six foot nine. He's larger than life. And he comes in and he's like, I've been listening to the band. I'm a, I'm a fan. I can't believe that you guys are from New York. It sounds like you're from like the South somewhere, you know? So we play him the track that we're thinking about having him singing on, give him the lines. I'm like, I want you to sing this line, that line. And Pete's like, all right. He went in and sang on, sang his parts. We sat around all night, just talking to him, hanging out. And at the end of the night, you know, he's like, I'll call my manager. I'll call my record label. I'll get okay. Don't worry about any of them. If they call you and be like, you didn't get a release form for that. He goes, I control it. And then at the end of it, he's like, we're going to go on tour, uh, either this late fall or early next year. And he goes, I want to take you guys out on tour. Wow. And we're like, get the fuck out of here. And like, you hear those empty promises. I want to say empty promises, but you hear people talk that all the time. Right. You meet people in other bands and they love to take you on tour. But that's not always that person or that band's call. There's, right. you know, there's booking agents, there's promoters, there's record labels, there's money involved. So right. like they can't just like, hey, we're going to take this band out. Um, so we took it with a grain of salt because this is our third record. We heard a lot of those stories over the years and some of them didn't come true. So we're like, we'll wait and see. And then one day I got a phone call from Pete and Pete's like, hey, uh, I need your manager's number. We're going to put this tour together. Wow. And Pete came through on his promise to us, man, and took us out on tour. 
Wow. So not only was Pete just a great guy, I mean, he was a man of his word. And I mean, just what a cool dude, (laughs) you know? And then while we're on tour, you know, all all these other stories happen while we're on tour. But the last week of the tour, he comes in the dressing room one day and he's like, would you want to come up and sing Black Number One every night for the rest of the tour? He goes, we'll get halfway through the song and then come up and he goes, and then you can sing with me. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. So (laughs) that last week of the tour, I got to go up and do Black, 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 Black number one it was so freaking cool so like um you know i met a lot of great people i've met a lot of great people in this business but um i have a huge soft bond for pete and everything they did i could sit here for hours and tell you all the things that pete did and the times that i saw him even after that um so when he passed it it sucked yeah um and i don't the details never really came out as to what really happened but um pete had health issues yeah he had a heart uh, and some condition. of them were complicated by his drug use and like i said in that story like pete didn't casually he did he did the amount of drugs that would kill most people so yeah like, you can't do that to your body for so many number of years and i have some kind of repercussions yeah two eight balls so, to the face know, every day is not how you live your life <laughs> yeah yeah so uh, and he had periods of sobriety and he never even drank or did drugs until he was like 30 years old. Wow. So, but when he did, when he did start it, yeah, he again was one of those people like myself. It's like, Oh, you're going to have two beers. Well, I'm going to have 20 beers, you know? Yeah. He always took things to an extreme. Plus but, he's um, like 20 foot tall and just yeah. built. So like he could just handle just yeah blah blah but, blah, but blah. just what what a such a cool dude every day on tour he was you know always we always had great conversation um man just that was that was a cool guy yeah that was that was that was one person i definitely really it's something like that it's like yeah i didn't financially really make any money but like dude i got to like become friends with one of my one of my idols and one of my favorite bands i mean right. How many people can say that? Right. How many people were saying um, black number one every day on tour with right. typo negative? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know. No, no, totally, man. I, I'm so with you in that, in that aspect of music is like, I spent a, a, a majority of my life chasing this thing. And, um, and it's like, fuck, you know, I don't have like just now in our lives, we're able to start saving money and start doing stuff. But you know, like yeah. you, we have friends who are, and my wife's a musician as well. Um, and, uh, you know, we have friends who, the same thing, we're seeing them buy houses in California or buy a condo, you know, like doing the big <laughs> or thing. Or they're buying, hey, we bought, we bought a summer camp, and <laughs> yeah. got a boat, and we're like, I'm, right. like, I'm like, I don't have any, I got a minivan. <laughs> but i had the most amazing time like i've i've i I wouldn't trade any of my experiences for any of the money in the world because like you said it's it's who it's what makes me and those struggles and and uh right it makes me the musician that i am now and it makes me the interesting person that i am now and i don't know i mean now i'm gonna go into the second half of my life with more success yeah well because i struggle i well i love that and and so so uh you know with brand new sin what what was uh kind of when did that start to fall apart and then what what sort of was the nail in the coffin? it was you know it was definitely during that touring cycle of typo negative that we were like we're having a great time 
Um, but we were we were kind of at odds with our record label at the time. We were with a record label called Century Media at that point. And Century Media uh, is a one of the largest independent record labels in the world. And they, you know, really focused on when it comes to metal, there's like a couple of big record labels. There's like metal, there's Metal Blade Records um, and there's uh, Nuclear Blast and, and there's Century Media. And those were like the three big, like, all you you put those three record labels together at one point and they pretty much had all probably 75 percent of all the extreme hard rock and heavy metal in the world signed to their labels oh, wow. so uh we were kind of at odds with them because we just weren't making them any money we were not selling the units plus you know you got to remember we signed a record deal in 2001 when the right. whole record industry was falling apart right i was going to ask you napster what happened because yeah, that's that right was, in there that was everything was falling yeah. apart so like uh you know things are a little bit different now but like they had no clue what the hell was going to happen streaming wasn't even an option <laughs> the, the itunes was just kind of happening mm -hmm. they were you know it was just it was a free for all so like we suffered i mean we gained fans but the record label only was making money off of record sales and record sales were in the shitter yeah so you wonder how many people you know you know if our record had come out five years earlier or if we had started five years earlier, if we would have had more success because our record label would have made more money, which in turn would have been able them to invest more into us and spend more to do, do more things. So we got to a point where we weren't making any money. We were going out and just coming home with nothing or going in, we're coming home in the debt. Yeah. Um, so we were just kind of all frustrated. We we're frustrated not making money. We we're frustrated at the fact that we weren't getting the success. All of us, all of our drug use and our drinking had been amplified and um, it, it just made for a really shitty situation. And, and right around that time, at the end of 2007, um, I lost my father. My father passed away. And like when that kind of happened, I was like, all right, what the hell am I, what am I doing with my life? Like, what am I going to do? Our record label doesn't want us anymore, or they still wanted us, but they wanted us to renegotiate for much less money. And we're just like, we're not even getting any money now. How the hell are we going to make it work? You know, so I was just like, I think it's kind of over. I think I've made this as far as it could. And we were kind of butting heads in the band and not in the end of the gory details, but one day I just kind of had a conversation. I told them that I kind of wanted to step away for a little bit to kind of get my head straight because. The previous eight years of this band had spun my head pretty good and my dad had just passed and I'm just like, okay, I got to figure something out. I kind of hit a crossroads and, and they were like, well, we can, we want to keep going on and we you know, come on, let's do that. And I'm like, I can't. And I bowed out and I said, good luck. And they went on and made two more records. Um, they didn't, you know, independently, they didn't do anything with them. And then that band eventually fell apart. And so we reunited about a year ago. So um, but I left and I didn't really know what the hell I was going to do. Um, so that was when just Joe was born. Mm -hmm. I had been doing shows prior to that, but then it was like, okay, this is going to be my, I'm, I don't want to go back to a real estate job right. after being a rock and roll star for eight years. I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't want to go back to a real work. Right. How do I not work? You know, and I found <laughs> a way not to work. You know? I'm with you though.
No, and, and you know, it, it's funny when you're saying that. It's like you see all of our, you know, you see all your friends doing well with their new condos in Southern California. But when you <laughs> ask them about their lives and, oh, so how's your job? It's like, I'm miserable. I hate it. I fucking hate it. I hate my wife. I hate my children. You know, like it's like this. You have all this shit, but like all, but you, but you hate everything about it and how, you know, so it's just like. I don't know. There's there's a weird trade off to like living on the on the on, on the edge. Yeah. You know, there's a weird trade off. Well, it's it's what you, it, what you want out of life. What makes you happy? Yeah, like, exactly. I could have eased, I know I would have been successful either becoming a teacher or whatever I applied myself to. I mean, I the last day job I had was while I was going through, uh, you know, transition was I was a bank teller. Oh, wow. <laughs> Wow. I worked at a bank, but I was, they wanted me to join the management program and I could have easily gotten into that and been a bank manager. And, you know, if I, that would have been a very solid career. Right. It uh, is. But I'm, like, I'm like, I'm literally Ooh. here until my fucking music. It's prison. Off. It's prison. I mean, you know, for um, me, it's but, prison. You know, yeah. some people, some people, I'm not knocking. I mean, that's no, right. That, that makes you happy. It right. makes you happy. But for me, I could not, I could not. There's no way. No, there's no. no way I could have existed that way. Those cubicles are might as well be a prison no. cell, man. Um, no, so, I so couldn't. then, so you started. So what you did was you started after the band, and you're like, I can't go back to work. You're like, I got it. I'll just start jamming the piano and go. Yeah, yeah. Was- I mean, I I was doing that coming off the road. Mm-hmm. My guys would go get like day jobs, like mowing lawns yeah. or paint houses or doing whatever until we went back out on the road. Um, but I had a couple hundred songs in my repertoire and I was a novelty act because everyone's like, Oh my God, Joe from brand new sin does like Elton John songs. And, <laughs> and, and, and we got to go see this. So yeah. then people would come out, uh, and it was a way, and then I was starting to get bookings, but I couldn't book all the time because my first focus was brand new sin. So if there was band rehearsal or a mm. show or a weekend of shows, I couldn't commit to like shows. Right. right. So I could only do them here and there, but they were becoming offers. So when I left the band, uh, the offers came in more and more and I was seeing guys in this town and making money. And I'm like, I'm just as good as them. I'm just as good as these guys playing five nights a week. Mm. I could do this. Uh, and luckily I already had a name for myself because I was Joe from brand new sin or was Joe from brand new sin. So I knew a lot of people. So I started just using that in my favor to start getting some gigs. Yeah. Uh, and then I was like, just because that, that got me in the door, but then I had to do the work to get to where I was was you know so from 2008 up until you know a few months ago it, that was all i did you know it was the constant hustle playing gigs and to the point where i think the past there was that first year was like 100 gigs or so and the next year was like 150 gigs and then the year after that was like i hit 200 gigs and then all of a sudden it was like within three years by like probably about 20 2010 i was up to 300 gigs a year so for the past 10 years I've been playing 300 gigs a year, whether they're bar gigs, uh, weddings, <laughs> bar mitzvahs, backyard parties, whatever it is. It's a gig. Lovegram. Singing telegram yeah, or something like that. Those aren't it. That, that was something else. So 300 actual gigs. And then, you know, my studio work and then the lovegram. So, dude, you're thinking, you know, I'm, I'm just constantly playing, but I busted my ass. But then all of a sudden, you know, March <laughs> comes and we have a pandemic and then they're like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, fuck, what do I do? What do I do? You know? No, I do. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so 
you know, um, kind of tell me how that all unfolded for you. Uh, I, you know, I, I started listening to your podcast, which my God, it's so good. You have, such I know. A, you have, yeah, I know he says, I know. I love that. It's so good. I know. It's, it's so, so much fun. Like, I can't wait to like figure out how to do that because I can't get back into the radio studio yeah. yet to start yeah. doing it. So that's why you and I've been talking like, right. how do I make this happen here? Because I have guests out the wazoo because all my friends that are touring musicians right. are home right now. Just sitting there waiting you know, to talk my, to my you. Friends from, my friends from Bad Wolves, my, you know, my buddy from Earshot, my, you know, I, I can sit here and name all these bands. Right. Like, Dude, I would love to be on your podcast. I'm like, God damn, I got to get my shit up and running. But, um, but the podcast is so much fun, but like, how I got, I think this is where you're headed and tell me if I'm wrong. Like how the hell did I get the Twitch? Well, kind of, but I, I, well, I was going to just comment on, cause you were talking about we're cause we're talking about how you got into Twitch and, and the, the oh, yeah. pandemic, but uh, where I was kind of going with it was um, th- that you kind of have this natural ability to talk. And, and even though, I, and I listened to an episode and I listened to your last couple episodes and you kind of gave a great breakdown on how you feel about the pandemic. So I kind of got yeah. a good good understanding, but we're going to, I want you to kind of go through it with us. Uh, but but uh, Nelly was saying something about K-Rock. Uh, K-Rock got you in the Twitch? Yep. Yeah. Because, well, I've been on K-Rock as, uh, uh, as a, I started as a guest mm-hmm. like once in a while. And then it became, hey, you want to come in once a week? Yeah, and then the ratings were showing like, hey, we're really, they like that. We're getting good feedback. Yeah. Hey, you want to be on twice a week? So then I literally became an employee of their, a part-time employee of the radio station. And then that led to like, hey, you should do a podcast. We think you could have a great podcast. So everything kind of led to that. So in that last year, I've been doing K-Rock for over three years now. But in the past year, it was about a year, over a year ago, um, Josh, who is uh, the head of the morning show, he just always was finding different ways to get the listeners to engage because he saw that like back in the day you just spoke you got a couple phone calls once in a while if you hey the phone lines are open but other than that you didn't you didn't interact with your audience unless you were out at like a remote uh thing or something like that but like josh set up a thing years ago even before i was on there called the text line mm-hmm. like a google voice thing yeah. so you could text in so you could actually interact in real time with the djs and then eventually we started doing live on YouTube, live on Facebook. And then Josh is like, dude, I think we should start going on Twitch. So then we started doing Twitch. And then we're like, you know what? The conversations that we're having in between commercial breaks, we can speak candidly mm-hmm. and we can swear. <laughs> That's what people really wanted to hear. Yeah. So then we're like, you know what? We're leaving the microphones on all the time that's so cool and then the interactions and all of a sudden the twitch thing blew up for k-rock and josh one day sitting with me after a show he's like dude have you really looked into twitch i'm like other than here no he's like do you realize there's musicians on there just killing it like literally making a living on there and he goes no offense but he goes you're you're better than most of them (laughs) and you have more you you have all this you already have the speaking experience you already have Mm -hmm. a personality you have the stories. He's like, you would be so successful. Why don't you start doing it? I'm like, dude, when do I have time? I got to run up the door. I'm playing 300 gigs a year. What night am I going to twitch? Right. You know, and I'm going to literally walk away from three, four, five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars. Right. Like I can't, you know, so he kept saying, he's like, dude, I really think you're going to be a star on Twitch. I really think you're going to be a star on Twitch. And he kept pushing me. I'm like, all right, maybe I'll get to it at some point. 
And then all of a sudden the pandemic hit. And on that Friday, the, the Friday, the 13th in March, when we knew everything was going to start getting locked down, mm-hmm. he called me. He's like, I really think you should start twitching tomorrow. Can you get every, he goes, go right now. And I went and I got my, the last paycheck I got from K-Rock. I really, I went and grabbed it. I went right to Best Buy and I bought a camera, one of the last good cameras you could buy because they're really hard to find yeah, right can't now. Can't find them now. Uh, I went and bought all that stuff. And Josh and I, I revamped my studio in my old place. Yeah. I saw you in your old I moved place. Into here and, and in six hours on Saturday, we set everything up. Wow. It was cobbed together. We didn't have completely everything, but we cobbed it together. And on March 14th, I did my very first stream. Yeah. Uh, and I've had, I had the, um, the best thing that helped me is that K-Rock already had 6,000 followers. I already had a presence on, wow. on Facebook. So Josh was just like, you'll just, why don't you just stream? And then we'll just raid you every time. We'll bring over the 50, wow. 60, 70, 80 people cool. over. So it was like, everyone already knows you. So I already had a built-in crowd. So I was very lucky in that regards. Cause a lot of people like they turn the camera on. They're like, I don't even know if someone's going to tune in. Does yeah. anyone know what I'm doing? You right, know, right. Do I know what I'm doing? <laughs> so I was very I was familiar with the platform and I had, I had Josh in, in the K rock community really to, to do that. But then that was the way that we kind of helped each other. So then all of a sudden here we are three months later and I'm literally at a point where um, I'm starting to make a living off of this. And if it keeps continuing this trend that it is, you know, from affiliate to, I will, I, at some point I will be partnered mm-hmm. and probably sooner than later. Yeah. Uh, then things have changed. You know, I've, I have endorsements. I'm signing on more endorsements, <laughs> more advertisers, more this and that more home-based stuff. And all of a sudden, when we peel out of this, whenever the hell it is, because right now it looks like we're peeling out of it, but at the same time, it looks like we're about to like go backwards. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, I'm confident that, that, that maybe I only have to play five or six real shows a month and the rest of the time I'm here. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I love it because, you know, the other morning on Twitch, 120 some odd people in there and maybe 10% of them were in the central New York area. Yeah. Everyone else is like, hey, we're from Saudi Arabia, from right. Lithuania, we're in, we're in Glasgow, we're in fucking Dubai. Right. I'm like, what the hell? It's like this whole world. And when I try to explain Twitch to people, people are like, huh? And I'm like, <laughs> you just have to you have to come in and see what it's about. Like, it's welcome so, to the future. It's so true because it's like everybody, and you know what's funny? Um, five years ago when I started my podcast, no one knew what a podcast was five years ago. People right. were just like, I don't know. You know, like, it's like, come on my podcast. They're like, what is that? And I'm like, I don't know. Internet radio. Just come do it. Stupid. Get over here. Yes. And, and you know, it, it, it's so now, you know, look what podcasts are today. Um, oh. And then, and then now you look at Twitch. I, I, I talked to the fantastic plastics a couple weeks ago now. And, um, and those guys yeah. are great. Another great music they streaming are. band. Um, you guys should definitely go check out the fantastic okay. plastics, which, I'm sure everybody on this feed probably right now probably is a fan. Yeah, but, we all know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they were saying, they made some really interesting points because you were just saying, welcome to the future. And I, I think 
that too and everybody who's on twitch is saying it and every you know it's just it's becoming very very apparent and it's only highlighted by this pandemic but they were saying you know you look at how youtube was started and and it was looked at as this sort of oh it's cool you see kittens and crap and whatever (laughs) and they didn't see the potential in it and now look at youtube once and so he was saying uh man i forgot his name god i'm so terrible (laughs) but mr fantastic mr plastic (laughs) (laughs) mr plastic was saying is like wait until they start you know really launching these twitch stars wait until people really start seeing well i that's what i had a conversation i had a conversation with andy the frenchy um she just got partnered on twitch nice and her and i have you know we we there's this community that we're all talking with and we all help each other out which is one of the things i love about twitch right just huge sense of community which does not exist in the real world anymore does does not exist doesn't exist um but we're like two things we're gonna start seeing people become big stars like justin bieber became a huge oh he yeah. was a youtube star right. so and so jared dines was a huge uh, uh youtube musician he's right. working with all these heavy metal guys now he's making right. a record with all these heavy metal guys he's heavy metal guitar he's a youtube star you're going to see in the next year, a couple of years, you're going to be like, well, he was a Twitch star. We yeah. found he was discovered on Twitch. He became huge on Twitch. And the other factor that I know that's going to happen is the inner workings of this is that in January, Twitch hired away, stole one of the big guys from Spotify to come over to head up music and performing arts oh, on wow. Twitch. Because oh. music and performing arts, talking with Doc Bizzle, who was one of the first like Twitch music streamers that yeah. got kind of big you know and doc was like dude i was big but it was before there was there was no music and performance category right. you know no one knew what the hell we were doing uh and he goes music was not really it was just, we were just kind of in our own little thing over there now he goes now it's a category and now it's becoming a bigger and bigger thing obviously again highlighted by the pandemic right. but twitch is going all in with the music and the, the people that, that they're hiring show that they're going to do that and yes we have a little thing going on with the dmca with the digital music copyright tech but that will get worked out it's only because that's going to get worked out because there's no way they're going to stop that right. amazon's got way too much money and too much cloth to not have that worked out at some point well, I was gonna so i'm ha- not concerned i will i mean i i see how much you're not concerned because i went and queued up one of your videos uh just a play or whatever uh if yeah. we had time but but like some of the chunks were were muted and i was like oh does he not give a shit and like it, you, you heard it here first <laughs> just joe does not give a shit uh, so you no. think that this will kind of blow over? Um... Oh yeah, no, the 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 legality will work out of it. Mm. Mm. It'll work out. I mean, it works out on it worked out on Facebook. There was legality going on there. All basically, you just have to come up with a content ID system that identifies that the music's being played, and then Twitch will just have to pay out. You know, just like a radio station does, mm. or that YouTube does, or that you know, uh, the monetization. They just have to, wait, to find a way to monetize it. Right. Like me playing covers isn't a problem. Right. That's always been covered. That what that's not the issue. The issue is me playing a Lady Gaga song across my stream. Right. Uh and at first they were like ripping people down, but now they're just gonna be the audio. Again? They're just going back. So it was so it just seems like somebody somewhere just got a hair up their ass and was like, I'm just gonna go call well, I, I think the people I think well the, the large publishers, you know, people like Warner Chapel and um, you know, uh EMI, mm-hmm. uh and uh, some of those large publishing corporations that own, you know, the rights to Beatles songs, owns the right to Lady Gaga songs. Uh, 
those artists have the ability, the Eagles have the ability to have a, a lawyer on retainer watching out right. to make sure that the music is being used correctly and they're getting paid for it. And as a musician, if someone was sitting there streaming brand new Santa Just Joe music all night, and that was their entire music stream, yeah, I want to make, I want to get compensated for that, mm. you know, on some level. So I get it on both sides. They just have to come up with a way. I mean, we have the ability. We can take Soundhound or or um, or uh, Shazam and be like, "What song is this?" Right, right. And hold it up, and it identifies it. And you're like, "All right, cool." Um, that's all they're going to end up having to do internally with Twitch. And once they do that, then they'll be like, "Hey, Just Joe did live covers and played three or four songs over, and he paid it for 15 seconds, so that calculates down to 45 cents to Lady Gaga." Right. That's what they're just going to. They 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 don't have a system like that worked out, and that's basically what it is. They're not trying to stifle it. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be like, well, music on Twitch is done. No, they're just finding a way to make sure that uh, the right holder get their money. And Amazon, you know, so a little portion of all the proceeds that are coming off ads and all mm-hmm. that stuff will have to get allocated to the people that were, you know. So it, it, it I'm sure it'll work out. And we won't even know. It'll just all of a sudden start happening. It's just happening. So, well, you know, chat, yeah. I just saw in chat right here, uh, someone's bringing up that, which is a good point, is that there's some actual musicians who are playing their own published music who are getting, yep. who are getting. Yes. <laughs> so it's like, it's really, it's really backwards. You And music or even Just Joe music, yeah. because that's covered by BMI, even though I own 100% of the rights of yeah. Just Joe. Brandon Sin, I don't own because there's other members of the band, there's record deals, and there's right. publishing companies involved in that. But even if I played my stuff, Just Joe Shove, I could get flagged mm-hmm. because it's going to trigger something in the broadcast music industry, you know, it, you know, BMI catalogs that my song got played, but it was me playing my own song. But I, yes, I could get flagged for playing my own song. That happened once on YouTube. Yeah. I put up a video and they're like, well, there's a copyright claim. I'm like, I'm the copyright. I'm the guy. But yet I can't, I can't make money off of this because it's my music because it's trick. It's, it's really backwards. But I mean, I understand the chain of command that gets to it. Right. And that's fine. I still, I will still get paid at some point, but it, it's, it's pretty asinine at times, you know, right, but right. it's not going to stop me for a minute. I stopped doing the live learns and I was just doing them over my headphones. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Let them mute audio. Because I read some articles from like, Oh, they're just going to mute the audio. They're not going to, you know, you're not going to get in any trouble. Mm. They're just going to the audio. It's just like they're doing. I'm like, all right, well then they'll mute the audio for that. Whatever. And I'll clip out whatever I need to clip out. But you know, it's not going to stop me from doing what I do, you know, because that's one of the things that people love about my thing. They're like, you get to watch me. Like I said, going back to earlier podcast, I sat down at the age of four or five and would sit there and listen to a song and figure it out. Yeah. That's yeah. a, that's a really cool, like, Hey, you want to see me pull a rabbit out of my hat? <laughs> it is. You know, that's one of my magic tricks. Like, Absolutely. Hey, I'm going to learn, listen to a song. And within two minutes, I'm going to fucking play the song. Yeah. I've never Right. Yeah. It's so weird. It's so funny how like, you know, uh, all roads sort of lead to, you know, a certain destination. Like you just like this talent of just picking things out as a kid on the piano and and the talent of learning how to talk to people as a front man and, and being on the radio. And the t- it's just like and, and this and, and then the years of, of hustling and 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 learning all these songs. I mean, it just comes together in this weird point. And, yep. and, and as That's I get older, what it is. yeah, I, I just keep finding more and more. It's just like all these crazy things that you sort of acquire on this path all lead right. to something. It's just you got to be paying 
paying attention to what it is. Uh, yeah, right. Well, I'm I'm more self-aware about it now than I've ever been. Mm. Because for years, I was just, I was just running around with my chicken, my head cut off, just <laughs> hustling really hard. Yeah. And then it, it sounds weird, but I read a book and it changed my life. I read a book and it changed my life. Which one? I read, uh, it's called Outliers by Malcolm, Malcolm Gladwell. Gladwell. Yeah. I love Malcolm and he Gladwell. wrote a book called he wrote a book called Tipping Point, which I read prior to that, which was a very interesting book. Uh, but it was really the precursor to what outliers would be. And outliers, you know, without getting into a whole discussion about the book, mm. it basically quantified how many hours it takes to become successful mm. at something. Yeah. What made the Beatles so successful? What made Bill Gates so successful? What made John Rockefeller so successful? Those are some of the main people they talked about in the book. And they're like, okay, was it, you know, luck? Was it pure talent? Was it like somebody with money in the band? Was it, did they, were they born for money? What made them so successful? Yes, you do need those things. But the one quantifiable thing that they could figure out was 10,000 hours of doing one task, mm -hmm. which equals out to about 10 years of your life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so who out there can literally commit 10 years of their life to one specific task? And then once you hit that 10,000 hours, that's when the magic kind of will happen. Right. Then right place, right time, money, those things will then help you elevate. doesn't mean that 10,000 hours, you're like, hey, I'm here. I'm ready for all my success. <laughs> I'm ready for my but Grammy. Yeah. Right, right. I'm ready for this. But once I read that book, I became more uh, self-aware and cognizant of mm. everything that I was doing, being a part of these 10,000 hours that I was doing. So I made a very calculated decision and every move that I made to be able to keep put, keeping me in that in that rut or not the rut but on that path this way yeah and which enabled me like josh said when i was on the morning show for the first time in three months the other morning he goes dude you pivoted so seamlessly from 300 gigs a year to twitch yeah and everything else that comes along with it my online concerts all these other things that i'm doing it looks like you just did a crossover like Alan Iverson and everyone just went, what? And you just went, yep, laid it's up. Went and, right with and you. Yeah, it's well, crazy. Well, well, it's interesting because you see this pattern with you where you like, where you run into a problem and then you have this um, instinct to just reinvent. Um, yes. Is it, and I find that in a lot of musicians, a lot of artists, a lot of people who are self-made uh, is this instinct to reinvent. Um, what? When when the three hundred gigs a year dried up at the beginning of the pandemic, what and you were, you know, you were you're going into I need to figure this out mode, reinvent mode. Uh, mm -hmm. How were you? How were you emotionally? How were you able to handle the transition? Well, I mean, to be honest with you, that first week when I saw it coming, <laughs> I started freaking the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. hard because I'm like. <laughs> yeah. How the fuck am I going to pay my bills? And like, I have a giant overhead, you know, like, um, I have debt, you know, and I have, I have, I have an ex-wife, I have child support, you know, like I have things, you know, I'm like, how <laughs> am I going to do this? I got rent and I got, you know, a payment on my computer and, and I freaked out and I freaked out. And then I'm like, my accountant's like, relax. I have a, a, my accountant, she's worth her weight in gold. I could have another podcast on how much I love her. She called me. She said, shut up just do what you do i got it and she did she made everything work out with a million different things um but then when josh is like dude let's just dive in mm -hmm. take all that energy that you got 
and just dive into Twitch. Yeah. And it was a crash course for like three weeks. Cause there was sometimes I was streaming. I'm like, Oh, what's going on? How do I do this? You know, like I would love to go back and look at my Twitch streams from like three months ago, as opposed to now and watch how quickly I progressed. But I was literally eaten. I had nowhere else to go. Yeah. Couldn't leave the freaking house. Yeah. Couldn't go to the gym. Um, so it's like all I had was to get up and just work on Twitch. Yeah. So every day I was reading this or adding this or and I'm still doing that. But I was like, that's what I did emotionally. I was like, okay, I'm not gonna let myself spiral and just drink whiskey all day and smoke a joint. You know, like yeah. that, that's not what I'm gonna do. I'm, right, I'm gonna right. figure out how to con- constructively put it and not be no offense to some of my counterparts. I said to go, can't wait till the gigs come back. I'm just going to start. Can't wait till the gigs get back. And woe is me. And woe is me. But the best thing that I did was one dive into that. And second of all, have an accountant that literally all these years, I'm like, man, I'm getting killed with taxes this year. I'm getting killed with taxes this year. It's because I was a legit business and ran myself as a legit business mm-hmm. for the past 10 years that I was able to get the support and get the all the things that I could have done were some of my other musicians. Oh, I just hide that money. I don't pay taxes on that. I don't do that. And then all of a sudden this happened. And when they needed help, like, man, I need to go on unemployment or I need to get a PPP loan. Yeah. or I need this. And they're going to look at you like, well, dude, you, you're showing that you make 10 grand a year. You, yeah. You're not going to qualify for shit. Yeah. You know? No, I, I, I had so, the same thing with my friends as well, man. Like uh, you're seeing, and, and I have friends out who are living in Southern California, LA, San Diego, and you mm-hmm. and, and you know that those those things aren't cheap, you know, and and so they weren't filing their taxes right. They weren't doing shit. Right. I mean, it, this whole pandemic just highlighted all the cracks in everyone's life, this nation's life. It just highlighted all of those spots that needed to be yeah. filled in, man. Well, it did, and I, I, in a lot of senses, a lot of my friends are not just musicians, but I have mm-hmm. a lot of friends that work on the behind the scenes. Yeah, you know, right, production. Right. There's roadies. And that, those are the people I'm like, my mm. heart hurts. My heart hurts for a lot of people, but right. like it really hurts for the people that are really close to me. Cause some of them are like, you know, summertime is when they make all of their yeah, money. This is it. And, you know, and they're all like, what do we do? What do we do? Uh, and it's going to be a long time as we're seeing, especially in the past week, I told everybody, man, I I'm like, I'm not Nostradamus by any means, right. but like, Watch what happens in the states that didn't do what New York did. Right. And now, and what happened. And now we're going to be at a point, and the, everyone's like, oh, summer will kill this virus off. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know about the 9,000 cases <laughs> yesterday in Florida that's 90 degrees. It doesn't look like it's doing anything down there. So, like, <laughs> and I'm in a position where I'm like, I'm going to like, I've played only two real gigs, and the rest of the summer I might play one here and there, but yeah. I'm, and put me in a spot where she's like, just do this. I'm pointing behind me. She goes, keep on this. Mm-hmm. She goes, that's be, let me handle everything else. Don't worry about it. And she's put me in a position where, you know, I'm not rich by any means, but I'm, I'm in a position where I can do my day-to-day stuff and not have to, well, oh my God, do I got to go play a gig for 300 bucks so I can pay the water bill or right. whatnot? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. But you know what? At the same time, I feel bad for some people that, that, literally can't do anything but there's some people that could have done something because i always had in the back of my mind i'm like what would happen if someday all the gigs get dried up 
I've been talking about this since last year on this podcast. Anybody who listens to this podcast knows. But it was after I read the Andrew Yang book, and I was like, dude, robots are taking our jobs. We're fucked. And, and then it turned out that it was the virus took our jobs, and now we're fucked. And now we're going to have to rely on that technology. Right. And, and that's what I said. I said, I always said to myself, I'm like, I'm not going to put all my eggs in the basket of uh, just my gigs. And that's mm-hmm. why I created Love of that's why I created uh, my nightly tunage where I have advertisers on that. And I got a couple other things that are in, in the works that I haven't launched yet. One I'll launch this weekend because I shot, and I'll say it here. I had someone be like, well, we wanted to hire you for one of your Zoom concerts to this company I signed on with called Topeka. But they're like, we can't figure out an exact time where we want to do it. Could you just film eight songs? And put it up on a YouTube link or send us the link. We can download it and put it up on our TV. And then we can watch it anytime we want. Or my husband and I can sit down and enjoy our own private concert for our anniversary. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely. So <laughs> she picked eight songs. I sat down yesterday and I recorded it, put all the audio to it. I talked to them like, and gave it to them. And then they have that forever. Yeah. They can watch it tomorrow night. And then they can always go back and like, what a great memento. So like, I've always had these other things twirling in my head because I always said, I said this to about three years ago. I'm like, what happened if like all the music went away? And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, what if places didn't make the money? What if, what if we became obsolete? Right. What if we just had a restaurant anymore? What if, cause the restaurants are starting to go like this anyways. Mm-hmm. They were starting and anyways. Mm. They didn't need big, big restaurants are going, they were going by the wayside before COVID. Wow. You know, what if they go away? What if there's not places for us to play? Right. And that's why I kept developing this shit. And that's why I'm going to keep doing it because I told everybody, go, I don't think we're going to go back to where the days where I'm doing 300 gigs. I think it's, you're going to have to pivot as a musician and start embracing yeah. technology and finding a way. Cause the people that you would have never known who the hell I was if no. I didn't start twitching. No. No. <laughs> you know, and I got no. fans all over the world that would never know because I would be running down the road to play at Joe's Bar and Grill. Right. On a Friday night for a couple hundred bucks and you know a couple beers and a pizza. Right. Yeah. Now like I'm now like I'm gonna take a shower. I'm gonna hang out with my daughter here in a little bit, and then I'm gonna twitch tonight after she goes to bed. <laughs> that that's amazing, man. And and um, you know, I was talking to Chance ATL, which we mentioned. Yeah. Uh, he was on last week, and he was talking about how. Um, you know, we, we kind of talked about after you load all your gear and like, depending on where you live, if you have to go out in the winter and then, you know, you're there yeah. all night, you're getting beer on your stuff. You're getting, people are talking loudly at you all the time. And, you know, it, you have to drive there, drive back, practice and all this. And when, when you can just seriously just walk into your studio Turn yeah. shit on and just go. And then when it's all done, there's not we're not having to settle up with no asshole bar owner. We don't have to talk to the drunk assholes who are trying, you know, trying to get one more song, bro. And you know, come on. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I'm just playing three hours. Like I'm done. I'm tired, man. Yeah, but then, uh, but now it's like, if I have a slow night on Twitch, no one's gonna be like, well, you know, it's kind of slow. I guess I'm gonna. <laughs> Can you take half the money or like, hey, you know, you want to end a little early or whatnot? It's like now, it's like, well, it's just a slow night, whatever. I don't have anyone to answer to it or anything like that. Right. Um, or I just be like, well, I'm just going to end early tonight. I see that we're not getting any traction or, you know, it's just it's we're, we're spinning our wheels here uh, and we'll live for another day. And then the, here's the other thing. 
I'm looking forward, like here in New York, especially in Syracuse, we are the snowiest city in America. No city gets more snow. There's places that get more snow, but when it comes to metropolitan area, nobody has winters like Syracuse. (laughs) Syracuse is usually ranked as the worst place to live during the winter, not just because of the snow, but the cold and it's miserable here. So like we, we deal with this whole thing. Like you book all these gigs in the wintertime and then, then they're like, well, it's snowing. We're going to cancel the gig. And then then you go through a rust spot or it's too cold and no one's leaving their houses. So now before I'm like, shit, I just lost my gigs, like three gigs this weekend because of a snowstorm. Now it's like the snowstorm is actually going to help me because no, everyone's going to be freaking home. Yep. They're like, well, what are we doing else? Oh, Hell it's yeah. like it's such an amazing, it's a, such an amazing turn. And, um, uh, I'm excited for it, you know, and I've tried to tell some of my other musician friends, like, dude, you should really get on here. You, and they're like, well, you had some help in the beginning. I'm like, yeah, I had help because I bust my ass to get help. Right. But I go, get on there. And they're like, well, it just seems like we'll be blamed for nobody for a little while. I'm like, you will, but you, how did you build your music career? Otherwise you right. have to like, you know, come here and be successful too. You have to work it. You have to work just as hard at that as you did anything else. So mm-hmm. like, you know, get over there because like when everything starts to, all the restrictions start coming back because a second wave happens or, you know, Florida just shut down all their bars today. Mm-hmm. No bars. Texas did the same fucking thing. Arizona, that's going to start happening. It's like, dude, all these gigs that all of a sudden you started getting, you're going to start losing them again. And then you're going to be back to what you should have been fucking doing a few months ago. <laughs> and the people that I don't, I don't feel sorry for. I'm sorry. No, I mean, I'm like I Sorry for you in a way, but at the same time, you have to evolve, man. If you're not evolving, you're not gonna you're you're gonna die by the wayside. And I have a feeling there's gonna be a lot of musicians that are gonna end up having to go back to like part-time work or full-time work until they can figure out how to pivot. You know, and it's like that the world is their oyster if they just choose to to learn it, you know. Yeah. Uh, most people don't want to go through the embarrassment or the, or they, they fear that they're going to fail. Um, you know, and, and that's how you learn. It's the only that's way you it. get better. You don't get better by just having success all the time. Right. You, you become successful because you failed. Right. Yeah. You know, 99 times out of 10, you fall. Right. It's that other, you get up. What you do is get up and that one, that one time, that 10th time you get up and you get successful because you fought, you fell the other nine times. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, that applies, that applies to anything in life and especially to music because music is so subjective. It's how do you put a price on music? Like you can put a price on a loaf of bread or an apple because well, the market price shows that apples right now are in abundance. So the price is going to drop or, you know, gasoline, there's a way, there's a stock market for that. Mm-hmm. Gauge how much that is worth. How do you gauge music? It's an emotional thing. It's priceless. So for you to be able to put a price on something, some people are going to be like, oh my God, that's worth every penny. And other people are like, that's how much? Yeah. You know, it's always subjective because I have people like, well, how much for a lovegram? And I tell them, and they're like, oh man, here. And I have other people like, oh my God, that's, I was only thinking like 20 bucks. I'm like, well, dude, what the fuck do you think? I got to drive there. I got to do this. I got to do the, all these things are involved, but you, there's no thing like, you know, like, well, so-and-so does it for that. I'm like, well then go get so-and-so. You know? Yeah. Apples are like slightly cheaper, but mm-hmm. go ahead and go and get them. They're crap and they're probably half rotten and that's why they're cheaper. So, but go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah. Joe, I, man, I really appreciate you coming on the show and spending no time with us. Um, let me, let me, uh, uh, let me get this. Uh, do you got time for a quick game? It'll be about 10 more minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Cool. And I got one question from the, from the chat, the, for the guest here. What's the one song you wish you wrote? Oh, God. A lot of my wish I wrote. <laughs> I know it's a hard one. I mean, there's there's two answers to this. One is one you're obviously going to pick a song that, like, if I wrote that song, you'd be living in a hill in Hollywood with everything you've ever wanted. <laughs> right. And then right. there's the one. God, I really wish I wrote that song because it's just absolutely beautiful. Right. Like, I mean, as much as and and this is coming off the top of my head because there's a million songs that I wish that would make me successful. I, but I, as much as I hate the song, I wish I wrote Piano Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the song that you don't want to play. Yeah. One, because it's so successful. And two, like, holy shit, that song is 50 years old, nearly 50 years old, mm -hmm. and people still want to hear it. Yeah. It connects. It's going to be thousands of years from now, and someone is going to walk up to somebody playing the fucking piano, and they'll be like, can you play piano, man? <laughs> to live longer than any of us. Yeah. It's going to live than my kids and my kids' kids and the kids' kids' kids. Yeah. So that as a legacy, like Billy Joel should be like, yeah, dude, that song is going to live forever. Right. So, you know, and his kids and his, uh, somebody's even making money off that for eons. Oh, yeah. So that is a song that I wish I wrote. And then there's these handfuls of songs that every once in a while that I wish I wrote, but that are just absolutely beautiful. And, um, and there's a few Jason Isabel songs and a few Chris Stapleton songs that I think I wish I wrote. Or I feel that I did write in some way, but the first one off the top of my head, and I play it once in a while on my stream, is a song called "Either Way" by Chris Stapleton. Um, it just, oh my god, it just for me because I went through well, exactly what he describes. But holy, like, just a, one of those songs that just hits you and floors your eight and thing. And I wish I could. It's a song like that that I wish I wrote. Yeah. There's other songs I could sit here and name that I wish I wrote, but that one comes to mind. So those two songs, let's say Piano Man and and uh, Either Way by Chris Taylor. That's good answers, man. And then um, One Beach Bum wants you to know that uh, you wrote a song that was fantastic. It was the last song that you wrote, and uh, it was perfect for the now times, is what yeah. Beach Bum says. And yeah, I heard that song. That's a, um, You released it, like, what, a month ago? It was like... So yeah, was, a little... Oh, oh, yeah. And what was that called? It's called In It's Time. In It's Time. Yeah. Okay. No, wait. Never mind. I thought I read something different on the chat. Okay. Anyways, um, I wish we could play your music, but we can't uh, because you... you, you... People, they can find me on all that. It, it, I'll just put in Just Joe on Google, and it's pretty easy. I'm, I'm the first guy that comes up. He's very searchable, everybody. Okay, we're going to play a game, and then we're going to let Just Joe Gill and hang out with his daughter. So um, everybody, we'll be right back with game. So just sit tight, and we'll be right back. Joe's up here in the corner, everybody. So there he is. And we're going to play How Much Does It Cost on Craigslist? And so uh, we have prizes to give away. Yeah, it works kind of like... I'm like, what are we going to do with it? <laughs> It kind of works. So much fun. Well, it, it kind of works like um, it works like uh, prices right. Uh, you guess how you bid on how much you think the price is worth, and it doesn't matter if you go over. It's just whoever is closest, and whoever is closest okay. gets to win a patch. And I don't know if you can see that, Joe, but here uh, from okay. our sponsor, modedstudios.com, they got fully embroidered 
uh, patches and apparel, go check them out, modestudios.com, M-O-D-E-D-S-T-U-D-I-O-S.com. So this one's up for grabs, herpes, wrap it up. Um, I had the coronavirus before it was cool. Very topical, (laughs) very, very now. And then the last one is the East Coast. Since we're talking to just Joe Syracuse, it's the a take on the North Face logo, the East Coast, though. So, Joe, you're playing so you can win one of these patches. And uh, we're going to get right into it now with uh, this fun little collector's lion. So I'm going to read I'm going to read the description. There's the picture of the item and then we're going to start dropping bids. So here we go. Collectors, uh, lions moving sign, very rare, circa 1930s. Let's see. Lions Lions Moving Company original truck sign, uh, solid steel with beautiful lion in enamel. Incredible looking piece to have on your wall inside or out. Definitely a sought after and rare original collectible. These were made to mount on the sides of the lion's moving vans. Pretty cool, huh? <laughs> made of steel and enamel. So this is all Sherman Oaks, uh, California. And um, that's it. And uh, so go ahead and drop your bids in the chat. And we'll get on it. And, and Joe, we'll start with you while they, uh, while they do their thing. Man, I, I don't even know, but I'm going to take a guess at like, I'll say 750 bucks. Okay. I'm going to turn this music down a little more. Okay. Okay, guys. Joe says one. You said 750? 750. Okay. 750. Let's see. We have Raina has 1,200. Beach Bum has 800. Uncle Ray. What's up, Uncle Ray? I saw you sneak in. Thank you for saying the interview was cool earlier. I saw that. (laughs) 1,250. Nelly. We got eight or uh, twenty five hundred, mighty mighty eight hundred. <laughs> Peach Bob, Peach Bob, you already you're a bit over. You can't be bidding twice. <laughs> okay, and the actual retail price on Craigslist. Well, I guess I should have had this pulled up, but I didn't. Oh my, we're learning, everybody. All right, I'm so interested to find out what this is. Me too. Uh, if I could just find the damn thing. There it is. There you go. $6,050. Oh Who had it? I think that's Nelly. Nelly. Nelly took it. Nelly. Wow. So you can. Well, I thought about it. I'm like, man, that could be super expensive. And God damn it was. Yeah, these it was Sherman Oaks, California. So it's it's LA. So LA, you know they're always right. overcharging over there. Oh yeah. I um, can imagine. <laughs> Nelly, um, you could pick between these three right here. Um, if you want. Uh I don't herpes, coronavirus, or the East Coast. Uh, and you can whisper me your address or P.O. box or however you want to receive it and just whisper. So thank you so much, Nelly. So Nelly, you played. Uh, so this next round, this will be our last round. And then we're going to let Joe go hang out with his so cute little daughter. She is so just so precious. All right. What's next? All right. I got to go into this one a little bit. OK, yeah. You got to get your head in the game, man. You got to get your head yeah, in the game. No, no, no. I'm playing with her. OK, here we go. This one. Life-size oh. African Cape Buffalo taxidermy mount on custom habitat base. Oh, yeah. An actual buffalo. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah. I think it's an actual buffalo that they that they stuffed and did. So it's an African Cape buffalo life size taxidermy on custom habit base museum like condition. 
Young adult male, excellent mount with terrific detail. The custom habitat base is on wheel casters featuring faw, African foliage, and grasses. This full-size, life-size uh, African buffalo mount appears to be one of only two available in, uh, for sale in the U.S. Uh, scientific name, Kaffir. Approximate dimensions, 90, uh, 90 inches in length, 46 inches in width and 59 in height. So there you go. Oh my goodness. Nelly is going this, a million. <laughs> uh, my guess, my guess is 17,000. 17. Joe is going 17. Who has the money to buy this shit? Is what I want to know. <laughs> Somebody buys $17,000. I want that Buffalo in my house. Somebody in Seattle. I'll tell you that <laughs> this is from federal way. The, the neighborhood. Yeah, Seattle. I, so, um, thousand. Okay, so he uh, you said seventeen thousand, Joe. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna. Joe says seventeen thousand. We got one beach bump says fifteen thousand. Raina says thirty two hundred. Mighty Mighty says five thousand. Nelly says a million. Uncle Ray says seven thousand. A million. <laughs> if this thing's a million dollars, I'm gonna shit my pants. That'd be dope. <laughs> I, I forgot the price anyway. So hold on, let me get this. All right, actual retail price. I need to get my my drum roll back. Actual retail price on Craigslist. What is it? Thirty five hundred dollars. <laughs> You're a little off, Joe. Oh yeah. Let's see. That's that seems like a great deal. Yeah, I do too. I think that is a good deal for uh, for uh, it looks like our moderator Raina Mystique has won. So Raina, you could pick out. One of these. Uh, sorry, guys. Our, our moderator took your chance to win. So uh, tune in next time when we play, which is Monday, actually. Um, but we'll talk about that in a second. Let me get Joe to his daughter and, and wrap up here. And then we'll come back and, and uh, we'll wrap up here. Joe, thank you so much, my friend. I sincerely appreciate you. So I'm hoping to get my podcast up and running next week or so. Probably after the 4th, because I think I'm going to take a little downtime next week and and stuff and but uh yeah it's time it, it's time it's time i mean yeah. you, you you can't go on forever it, it's just not how it works i'm trying to make you big but i don't know how i fucking do it now oh sorry right. hold on i'm gonna bring you back you know what joe thank you so much i appreciate it again i'm gonna leave you small and tiny because i don't want to keep you here so i can figure out my okay. technology so have okay. a great day man i'll see you tonight in your stream what time do you stream tonight Nine o'clock tonight. Nine o'clock Eastern Standard Time, everybody. Just Joe Syracuse. Give him a round of applause. Oh, I'm so sorry. One more, Joe. One more. I'm so sorry. Did What's you that? did uh did you already get your eggs? That's what uh there was a question. No, did... I haven't got my eggs yet. Okay. Well, I'm sorry to, sorry. Whoever wanted to know that, Joe has not got his eggs. Joe, thank you so much. I appreciate it, man. Bye guys. <laughs> See ya. so much joe i appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your story you can find joe at justjoe.com. you can also go on to twitch.tv slash just joe syracuse go check him out uh, you won't be disappointed he knows well he he can play 
like 3300 songs i mean the man is a beat you heard this man oh it's 420 everybody 420 where i'm at currently so that means it's 420 for you so light it up light it up anyways so just joe Go to RainaMystique.com, R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E.com. Go check out her streams on Twitch, twitch.tv slash RainaMystique, uh, not .com, just RainaMystique. Uh, check out WSEG TV every Monday at 1 p.m. and Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Man, we are doing live loops. We're, we look at memes. We hang out. We do interviews. Shit, man. Who knows what we're going to do next? what i'm loving about it is that i have my green screen going so like i'm doing live loops in alternate universes and it's just psychedelic lunch breaks son so uh i'm just having a blast with it honestly it's just been so fun like i'm it's so fun that i want to jam a stream in on wednesday because i can't on friday because of things i can't talk about right now and man I, it's just my day is so slammed tomorrow and i still want to fucking just shove in a whole set just blah. oh my god it's not good for you to be that worked but you know what i'm doing this i'm recording this on tuesday and you know this comes out on wednesdays uh, so I, I i've been pretty good about it lately i've been sending out flyers uh the you know the day before to guests so they can sort of you know be prepared for what's about to happen i've been doing really good with this shit man honestly it's, it's been good it's been good um go so go check out wseg tv it's a good fucking time and then of course like subscribe review like us on facebook twitter discord the whole fucking thing uh subscribe like subscribe uh, subscribe to us on apple itunes spotify anywhere you get your podcast youtube that has those music tutorials up there go and subscribe over there and of course twitch which costs you a little money but we have fun uh and then let's see re uh, and then the review of course this is the 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 big kahuna kahuna this is the big kahuna of the whole ask leave us a five-star review and if you're feeling so generous please leave a written review it helps us uh it helps us be found it helps it makes us more findable that's what i was trying to find in the algorithms anyways so that's that uh oh yeah write to show at we speak english good at gmail.com so next week on the podcast we have cleveland p jones so that's I think I'm, that might either be next Wednesday or this Friday. I'm not sure. I have a lot going on this week, so I'm not sure if I'm going to do a double release this week. But I need to because we're so far behind. But you know what? We're climbing up, actually. So it's not too bad. I was doing those doubles, and I still feel like I should do those doubles. But double releases kick my ass, bro. For real. Now, I think we'll be okay, honestly. So, maybe no double uh, release this week. I hope you guys enjoyed Chance, and I hope you guys enjoyed uh, 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 Uncle Uncle Ray <laughs> at DJ Press Play. I hope you guys have been enjoying the WSEG TV episodes. I mean, this is it, folks. This is what we're doing now. This is the next phase. It's Twitch, so I... 
Honestly, I would love for anybody listening right now, go and just make a Twitch account. Just go, go do yourself a favor. Look, I know a lot of people are out of work. I know you're motherfucking, you motherfucking musicians ain't doing shit right now. I know your asses are just sitting there fucking thinking up the next fucking number one hit. So just do yourself a favor. Okay. Go to Twitch, make a profile, hang out and chat. Do you, you know, you don't have to do anything. If you're a music person, you want, you think about streaming, you know, think about it. Go, but but if you're just looking for another way of passive entertainment, Twitch is... Well, it's not even passive because, like, you're involved. You get to help control the atmosphere of whoever's streaming. It's really cool, guys. Like, I just... Obviously, I've been talking about it a whole lot. So, um, yeah. So, that is it out of me, guys. This was supposed to be short and sweet, but it turned into this. So... I appreciate every one of you guys, especially those coming back to the show after this weird period of uh, pandemic-y stuff. Um, and uh, I appreciate anybody new. Um, all those new people who are, are coming on board. I appreciate it. Hello. Hi. Thank you so much. Um, you know, people have been subscribing to the newsletter uh, or, or the, the thing on, on my email. Or not my email. My um uh, on my website and I, I just haven't I just haven't had the I, don't, I just can't, can't get it out of me just I, it's a simple newsletter is all I have to send out and I just 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 to keep people up to date you know just to let people know anyways okay guys I gotta go I gotta finish editing this and then I gotta go like edit video and then I gotta go my shit together and it's just lots of shit going on it's very it's crazy how much work i've created for myself in this downtime <laughs> i'm more busy than ever and that's great and um I, I i i can't stress enough how much i appreciate you guys hanging out with me honestly in this pandemic I, the podcast was not the last thing i cared about because i obviously have been going strong with the podcast but you know when you look at your numbers i just sometimes i take these numbers way too seriously and it's like you got to remember that there's gonna be ups and downs on anything you do and like my podcast you know it's just it's just what happens there's ups and downs and there's, and there's nothing you can do about it. You just roll with it. You just try your house, try your best to circumvent, um, you know, further decline. But all you can do is sort of just keep doing what you're doing. And, and luckily, like I, I feel personally that I'm fucking killing it with these interviews. Like me personally, I just I feel very confident that I can talk to just about anybody at this point. So it, it's very that's a great feeling. Honestly, it's a great feeling to know that. To, to be able to start trusting to really start trusting your instincts as a as, as an artist and um that's where i'm at and i hope you guys are figuring some shit out too i hope you guys are are using this time wisely and um i hope you guys are hitting some new levels too so all right guys take care of your fellow human beings hj's for everybody i'll see you guys next time with cleveland pete jones a soul singing just very educated man out of uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Just fucking amazing voice. Like range out of this fucking fucking universe, man. So that's our next release. 
And of course, I'll see you guys on WSEG TV. Take care of yourself, guys. Bye-bye.